I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family. Thank you for tuning in for this week's what's going to be a really extraordinary, extremely special, I can feel the holiness of the presence of Jesus already, episode of Live Your Best Life with, of course, me, Liz Wright. And in today's conversation with me, one of my favorite people on the planet is coming back into having time together today to share what's what's on his heart from the Lord. And it's just, it's extremely holy, extremely holy. He's the founder of Sunship International. He's an international speaker. He's an author, I think, really. I would say he's a scribe of the Lord's heart. And we get the privilege of being able to read uh, some of the revelation flow that's coming from Jesus, that Jesus is having him scribe to edify and help build us up as the bride of Christ at this time. So it's my joy to welcome into today's conversation with me again, the amazing Eric Gilmore. Eric, welcome. That was my honor to be with you. I'm so excited about this conversation. I really am. I really am. So I know, I know for me, Jesus has been talking to me a lot, Eric, about him wanting to be known by us. <laughs> and just that one statement, you know, that's come from his heart, I've been wrecked at the privilege, the holiness and the privilege and the awe of being able to know the heart of Jesus, know him in the way that he wants to be known by us, and that this is all part of the preparation of the bride towards the end of the age, you know, that we would be ready in our relationship with him, meaning we would know our bridegroom God. Mm. I mean, words are inadequate, right, to dis to, yeah, to express the gratitude and the awesomeness and the holiness of that. And it's all of our, tr it's our life, it's our future, isn't it? This is, it just blows me away. So why I say all of that, because listening to you sharing in our IMC, our international mentoring community, that some of the revelation, the rich revelation that you are carrying right now, where the Lord's been undoing you and taking you inside of the book of Revelation in Revelation 1, you know, talking about being able to be in the spirit no matter what and being able to know Jesus as the son of man, you know, just those two profound pieces of revelation that the Lord's been opening up to you. I believe it's all part of what he's doing now is he's revealing himself to us. He's showing us his heart. He's trusting us with more of who he is. So I wanted to start there, Eric, when you said, when I heard you saying from Revelation 1, you know, John was with the Lord in the spirit. He was he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and how we can be in the spirit all the time. That was like, it's, we know this, but it's profound. When you really meditate on that one truth, it's life-changing, you know? So can we start there, Eric? Like how, talk to us about that and about your experience of that and what happens when we're in the spirit and how we remain consciously aware that we're in the spirit, like that whole area, you're full of revelation on it. So can we start there? 
Yeah, the verse you're specifically talking about is in uh, Revelation chapter 1. John says, halfway down the ninth verse, he says, I was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Verse 10, I was in the spirit. Uh, So the funny thing is, it's not funny, but the guy's been burned in hot oil in an attempt to kill him. The guy's been given poison to drink in an attempt to kill him. And so they can't. So they banish him to an island. And he's at this island and he doesn't have his friends. He doesn't have his house. He doesn't have his things. He doesn't have any money. Probably food, probably scarce. But this doesn't stop him from his awareness of the, of the spirit. Because even in those circumstances, in that circumstance, he's able to say, I was in the spirit. He's aware of the presence of God, regardless of what's going on. A lot of people today can't or have a hard time walking in the spirit if uh, there's a hard time. You know, let's say you lost your job and it's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, you know, I have lost my job, so I can't be walking in the spirit right now. It's that's John is showing you something completely different. He hasn't lost his job. He lost his life. <laughs> he lost everything. Right. He said, well, I'm not around my friends right now. It's hard for me to walk in spirit when I don't have my friends with me. John has nobody. But the point that we can pull from this is that we can walk in the spirit, aware of God's presence no matter the circumstance that we find ourselves in. Yeah, it's profound. It's profound. And then also I heard you talking about how when we become aware, mm. that opens us up, right? As we, it's That's the key. That is the key, isn't it? We become aware that we are in the spirit. Mm-hmm. And then you were talking about how that is in a, a, a doorway, into a deeper focus. Is that right? I don't want to misquote you because it's profound what you share there. It's a massive key. It it is. It's right here in um, verse 12. It says, uh, then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me and having turned, having turned, that's the tension, having turned, I saw. He enters into a greater perception of Christ by attention inside of awareness. I mean, think about it like this. You and I just got on wow, and we were aware of the Lord's presence. But as we began to turn to, you started talking about the things we were talking about. And then you started, in a sense, started to manifest out holy, holy. So you were aware when we got on, but when you turn attention, there was a more keen uh, sense of his, it's almost like layers of sensitivity uh, are, are able to, you're able to pass through them through attention. So I like to put these two A words together, one awareness and two attention. So aware, we can live aware, but when we turn attention, there's an increase of perception. Think about it like this. If you go to a party and let's say Ben Dionda's there and I say to you, Hey, is Ben here? You say, yes, Ben is here. I, I saw him. You're aware that he's there but you're not directly communicating with Ben in that moment. You're just aware that he's there. So some people stop there, like God is here, instead of looking at God, being attentive to him. That's a next level of experience. I think that's what we're even pointing at even now. 
that the more attention we give in our awareness, the more deep our experience will come. Is that, is that what you're, what, yeah. what you're it's powerful. Yeah. Just to give you guys a little bit of backstory there. We nearly didn't come on air because the presence of Jesus just started to crash in as we became aware, as we became aware. But I I, I love that. It's like our it, it, the attention that we can then give to Jesus is inside awareness. That's yeah. profound, Eric. <laughs> that then, right, escorts us into experiencing more of him. And Absolutely. Just those three components is what will change our life, is what protects our connection and enables us to continue to walk life in the spirit, right? So for those of you who are saying, how do I walk in the spirit? Or how do I protect my connection? How do I, because that's one of the questions we get a lot is how do I maintain my walk in the spirit? This is the how from Revelation 1, right? I mean, just live in Revelation 1 for a year and you'll just never get over it that's amazing it's amazing eric so and it's true isn't it the more consciously aware we become this is a scripture i'm trying to remember where it is but it says that through our conscious awareness one of my favorite scriptures through our conscious awareness we live the same relationship that jesus had with the father we live the same life that Jesus modeled for it and has now made possible for us to be able to commune with the Godhead, you know, the way that he did. And oh, it's just amazing. Okay. I want to ask you as well, talk to us about the son of man, mm. the son of man, the way Jesus so longs to be known by us. This is something very special right now in my life to me, yeah, yeah. just knowing that it, this term Son of this label is 85 times in the New Testament, and 83 of them wow. are used by Jesus. <laughs> he loves this title of himself uh, because I think he's really trying to get us to understand that he has expressed his love and his character and his nature most fully in dropping down out of glory and into the restrictions and frailties of a human, a small, frail human being. He, he becomes one of us. And I think he's always saying this to just kind of, I can almost see him saying to us, I became like you. <laughs> I love you so much. I became like you. I went into what you are to feel what you feel to bleed like you bleed, to feel pain like you feel pain, to get tired like you get tired. I had to, he had to wipe the crusties out of his eyes in the morning. He, he felt hunger. He's like, I became just like you. <laughs> this blows my mind because this label is an expression of God's great loving character and nature for us. And when you tie that together with what Daniel was shown in Daniel mm. chapter seven, mm. that this son of man is the one who has passed through life so perfectly that a human being, a human being was so perfect before God that God entrusts and gives over to him all the kingdoms of the earth, all the dominion of the earth. He gives it to this man who is Jesus Christ, the son of man. And so you see that this son of man is not just 
the expression of the fact that he has loved us so much that he would become a man, but also that he has lived so perfectly so as to be trusted by God to have everything given to him. This statement, this label, son of man, has so many points to it that we could meditate upon it and follow it through the scriptures and find in it God's nature and love and dominion and power. Yeah. Oh, it's glorious, isn't it? And it's glorious the way the Lord is pouring this revelation through you and the way you're able to articulate it. I know listening to you, it was uh, where you were contrasting the humility of the Son of Man and the sovereign oh. majesty of the King of Glory. And at one and the same time, he would be fully human and then fully God. Yeah. He would pray to the Father, he would pray to the Father and then answer prayer, you know, and just the different descriptions of the sovereignty and the humanity of who he is. And oh. this is how he wants us to know him. And I believe more than ever right now, he he's drawing us to know him this way. Like you said, from Daniel 7, if you just, guys, meditate on Daniel 7. I mean, it's just glorious revelation of who the king is. But I know some of the illustrations that you gave, like, and, and again, just do that yourselves in your own time, guys. Just look at how Jesus is fully God and fully man. Because the Holy Spirit will pour revelation into you around this subject because it's how Jesus wants to be known buyers at this time and there were a few that you said oh i know something else that you said and i just thought oh my gosh that's amazing so beautiful how john is now fallen at jesus's feet oh, yeah. like a dead man and he's seen jesus in his resurrected glory in the truth of who he is as god <laughs> and then he stoops down <laughs> he stoops down and says hey I'm paraphrasing, right? I'm copying you. Right, paraphrasing. Right. Hey, yeah. gee, it's me. It's me, John. Yeah. Fully man and fully God. So amazing. <laughs> it's moving, isn't it? The, the yes. fact that in Matthew 17, when Jesus shows himself in glory and they scared, they saw a man start glowing. And so they yeah. fall down and Jesus comes over and he taps John on the shoulder and he says, don't be afraid. Don't be scared. And so 50 years has gone by. John hasn't seen Jesus in close to 50 years. He's been gone. And um, he sees this one like the Son of Man. And he's so glorious. He falls down. And Jesus comes the same way he did when he was walking on the planet. He comes over and he touches John. And he says, don't be afraid. Same exact words. Don't be afraid. Like, like you're saying, it's as if he's scooping, swooping down and saying, hey, it's me. It's me. Remember, you know, and, and John sees his friend again, his dear friend that he loved and laid his head upon his chest. To, to me, it's just, it's, it is romantic. It's, it's, uh, it's love. It's touching to see how Jesus is with his, with his own. I, I'm here. Don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like when Jesus rose from the grave, isn't it? And all the disciples were terrified and huddled and hiding in the room because for the, you know, they were terrified they were going to be found by the Roman soldiers and they just watched their beloved friend crucified in agony before them. And then yeah. he was there. He <laughs> appeared in front of them in resurrection glory you know, standing there. And I always think that it's like, 
this really happened. They were, yeah. they really were friends. They were a bunch of 19 to 25 year olds, probably, <laughs> you know, who just on three years with God, <laughs> with God, with skin on among them. And oh my gosh. They're everything. And you think there he was. It's like in that one glorious moment. And the same for John. Hey, it's incomprehensible, really, isn't it? In that one glorious moment, everything they'd ever understood him to be was completely anchored into the truth of the fact that it was all true. It's all true. <laughs> He's the risen king of glory. It's yes. all true. And they could, you know, you can't imagine what it must have hearts in that moment hey to just realize we're safe we're home the old has gone yes the new, the new covenant is here and i love that eric the way you explain the new covenant will you do that because it's if mm. it's just profound yeah so the, will people be able to see me or are they only hearing no. me no seeing, seeing. Okay. You so are visible you, and audible <laughs> so they have you have over here you have the hand of god who longs for man, reaching for man, and wants a covenant with man. And so what he does is he keeps, he reaches out to man, he makes a covenant with man, and man makes a covenant with God, but man keeps kind of getting distracted and going away. And then the prophets call him back, oh yes, yes, right, we're gonna follow the Lord. And then they just kind of wither away again. And then they come back and they come back and they come back. And finally, God shows man that they're capable of keeping the covenant themselves so god then enters into humanity to make a perfect covenant with his perfect self <laughs> so that by that perfect human and that perfect god making a covenant with one another it can never now be broken because they can't be broken they're as perfect as one another and so the covenant is as perfect as they are therefore humanity by faith has perfect access to God, not based upon themselves, but upon this man whose feet are like burnished bronze, praise God. Wow. I mean, it's unbreakable. So we can rest into it yes. because the strength of the covenant that we now live inside of mm. is God with God. God with God. God with Just God. profound, <laughs> profound. There was something else I wanted to ask you to talk about as well, Eric, was um, the scientist, where you've been listening to the scientist about the description, really, in the book of Revelation about water, water, yeah. the voice of God. Yeah, he, he's not even, uh, he's not a Christian, this guy. Okay. And I'm not even sure if he knows this is written in the Bible, as far as like many, many waters. But what he what he did, he's a uh, biobehavioral scientist at the University of Pennsylvania. He did a conducted a study of what happens to the human brain when it hears a sound. Two things: one, they say this is threatening or non-threatening. These are the categories of the brain with sound. And so, as he was going through looking at the effects of sounds on the brain, one of them that he put people through was the sound of water flowing and not only did it not was it not threatening it was non-threatening but he said it had the same effect on the brain as if you were to say do not worry do not worry uh, like a wow. comforting voice a, a consolation from a person and the the brain responds the same way to the sound of water as as they, it would to a comfort of a person and then the scriptures tell us that his voice is like many waters 
which could be he removes worry. He removes anxiety by the sound of, of his voice. Yeah, it's just beautiful. I mean, they are part of the description of who he is, aren't they, in Revelation? You know, the way his feet are described, his voice is described, his face is described. Oh, my gosh. This is part of, I remember years ago listening to Mike Bickle when I used to live in Kansas City. We were part of IHOP for a few years. And um, and him talking about how to keep our hearts in a state of internal revival, like connected to God and revived, is to study the beauty realm of God. Oh, my gosh. That's right? beautiful. Isn't so that profound? Say it again. To keep your heart in a state of revival is to study the beauty of Christ. To study the beauty oh. realm of God. And that stay has stayed with me. Thank you, Mike Bickle. It's such a gift in my life. Because when I feel myself, you know, mm -hmm. just get my soul getting a little bit too full and, you know, trying to take the lead, I just sit back into the presence of Jesus and just begin to study the beauty of who he is. And that's what you're talking about, Eric. Mm -hmm. That's what the Lord's doing with you through the book of Revelation. He's revealing to your heart, right? And I, and I think it's an invitation to all of us right now. He wants to be known by us. He yeah. wants us to see him in his beauty, <laughs> in his beauty. So, so and yeah, so it reminded me of what, what Mike Bickle had said when you were talking about the face of Jesus and how, yeah, the feet and the face and the voice of Jesus, because they're all aspects of his beauty, aren't they? So talk to us about what you said about his, his face. Yeah, for me, this one really touches my heart the yeah. shining of his face because yeah. if you look at the sun it, your your consciousness of your surroundings is temporarily suspended and, and i find that that's what happens when i look at the lord and i begin to study him and turn my attention directly to him no matter what's going on in my life the pressures they all seem to be uh irrelevant uh, i can't see them anymore it, it's as if they're not they're still there but i don't their influence is gone if you will. That's the beauty of, of Jesus in, in my life. I find I have to keep looking so that he can keep me so fixed upon him that I'm not distracted. He promotes a preoccupation with himself by his own beauty. And so, yeah, the shining face of God. Wow. He promotes a preoccupation with his beauty. Is that what you just said? Say mm -hmm. that again. That was profound. He yeah, I'm not sure what I just said. <laughs> it was totally straight from the heart of Jesus. It was amazing. <laughs> he, he promotes a preoccupation with himself, isn't he? As you be, as he reveals mm. his beauty to you. And it's true, isn't it? So when we, when we sit, I know the Lord said to me a lot, sit the temporal circumstances of your life in the context of a divine perspective. Oh, wow, yeah. Like always look at me as the solution. Look at me and get that that contrast back again, you know, the and and it minimizes, doesn't it? It well actually, like you said, when we are when we are looking at the face of God and we have fresh revelation and experience of his beauty, his love touches us again, it engulfs the sun, the sun, the shining light <laughs> of the sun that comes through him. It dissolves the impact out of our hearts, of our circumstances, doesn't it? it? I found that to be the truth over the years. And when we have divine perspective, what seems in a moment to be overwhelming is suddenly irrelevant. Absolutely. You know, as he ignites that fresh faith inside of us. 
Eric, I could talk to you forever and ever and ever. (laughs) (laughs) Can can I ask you to pray for everybody? Just like lead us in, lead us into experiencing the one you love. Well, Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, who is manifested to us by the Spirit here even now. We just ask you for grace to help us bask in your beams and turn into streams of love towards you. Lord, I pray that you would protect us from the iciness of independence. Uh, protect us, Lord, from this, this waywardness of confusion and, and, and fear and anxiety and this way that is apart from clinging to you. Lord, I pray, grant us all, every hearer, myself included, grace that we might just literally give our attention wholly over to you and trust you. Like an Eskimo is taken to Florida and he's not doesn't have to do anything but just receive the the beams on his face. He doesn't he doesn't question how do I receive the sun? Just relax in his beams. I pray we would just find that place of rest in you and drink in the light of your face and be transformed and changed from there in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Holy. Holy, 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 oh, oh, holy, there we go again. (laughs) Oh my gosh, wow, you are so anointed. (laughs) I turned and saw, right? We turned and see him, praise God. That's right, that's it. It's as simple. He's closer than our breath, guys. He's closer than our breath, right? We sit, he's not out there one day, someday we're going to hopefully encounter him. He's turn inwards to the living Christ and become like Eric's saying, just aware again of Mm. his presence. And he will draw you like a powerful magnet. He will draw you into his heart and the revelation of who he is will bathe your soul and expand your spirit, strengthen you. And you will find that he is the solution to every situation you face. He wants to be revealed as the solution to every situation you face. And he's, he's causing our hearts to awaken, awaken in the experience of his love right now and be prepared. And, and, I believe, increased in our capacity to partner with him. And I've said this before, but I feel it so, like you're burning with this revelation at the moment, Eric. I'm burning with the truth of the fact that Jesus is getting the reward of his suffering. He's getting his dream at this time, which is his bride awake to His how much he loves us and able to partner with him. It's just glorious, glorious. This is who you are. Don't ever let anybody cause you to feel devalued or, you know, not valuable, not precious. You are the most precious thing to the heart of God in all of existence. Holy Spirit. (laughs) And he's going to, by the time, by the time our lives wrap up or he comes back or whatever's going to (laughs) happen, we will be fully, fully convinced of this truth and consumed by it, consumed by the love of the King. It's all we want, isn't it? So we, yeah. our hearts are like, yes, Jesus, yes, yes, yes. So, Amen. I agree with Eric with everything he's prayed and everything he said. We agree, Eric, and I and I pray that you will know Jesus this week deeper than you ever have. You really will, and you will see him as the Son of Man. You will high and lifted up, Holy Spirit. 
Thank you, Jesus. Whew, holy. <laughs> Amen. Eric, just in closing really, really fast, I know we're, we're wrapping up. Is there anything else that's on your heart that you want to share? Uh, I've just been feeling um, recently a desire for the word of God, you know, to just find him in the scriptures. And I would just say this to the people that the, the Bible is the only book that demands the author be present when it's read. As you, wow. as you read the scriptures in his presence and you pray them through prayer reading, it's just, it's a, it's a holy intercourse with God, just the, the praying, taking the word and praying the word and being aware of his presence. And yes, I would encourage everyone to take as much time as they can to just take these three golden pipes and let that golden oil come through prayer, worship in the word, prayer, worship in the word, word, prayer, you know, back and forth all in, in through each other. Yeah. I would, I would encourage people to do that as much as they can. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> you say so many sound bites that it is like, wow, I need to sit on that for a few weeks. <laughs> it's so profound. <laughs> It's true. I, I have a real fresh hunger for the word of, of God at the moment as well. Like you just said, to find him in the scriptures. It's yeah. it's the doorway, isn't it? It's the doorway into experiencing the one who authored it. It's amazing. The sp I love that. It's the only book where we the author is present when we read it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to sit on that for the next week. <laughs> oh, Eric, you're amazing. Thank you, you so are much. You are amazing. <laughs> Oh, we so look forward to like next time, next time. I always love doing stuff with you. It's just brilliant. You're, you're such an inspiration. And guys, thank you for being with us as well. I hope that you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I have and really look forward to being with you again next week. God bless.